0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Going to dive into some more of your questions from my Q&A the other day. I got three questions today. The first one we're going to dive into comes from MattyQ141, one of my absolute favorites, champion fella. He says, My Storm broke a lot of records this year. Are they up there with Para 01 to not win a comp? We're going to dive into that one in a minute. Great question by Maddie. Uh, next one comes from Brant Luss. Should the Bulldogs look at Hodgson from the Raiders? Really like this question. Cannot wait to get into that one from Brant Luss. And our last question comes from Clint Mack. He says, Will Stephen Crichton go back into the centres, or is he too good on the wing question there, and we'll be diving into all three of these now. Let's kick off with Maddie Q's question. Obviously, a big Belmont Storm fan lives down there in Melbourne as well. Hope the family's all doing well, Maddie. Champion fella. My Storm broke a lot of records this year. Are they up there with Parramatta in 2001 to not win a comp? Now, as long term guru listeners know, I've always said that I believe the 2001 Parramatta Eels are the best team ever to not win a premiership. Obviously, coached by Brian Smith that year. It's not really um, a claim to aim that you want to have, but I find it really hard to argue against this team uh, not being the best to never win a Premiership. They were unbelievable, the 2001 Eels. Uh, obviously led by a guy, you know, a young Jamie Lyon. Um, you know, just so many gifted. Brett Hodgson, uh, there was a young Andrew Ryan in that side as well. Jason Taylor was the halfback. Just so much talent. Jason Moody, a young Pat Richards, so many gifted guys and sort of all at the peak of their power seemingly at that time. Brad Drew at Hooker sort of came from nowhere, was an unbelievable nine. And, you know, the Eels, they were short, short price favorites. Brian Smith was doing unbelievable things that year, stuff that we really haven't seen since. I mean, there was games where he was taking guys off the field early uh, and just seeing how they went with 12, 11, 10 players at time just in case... If the moment came in finals that they had to play short, they had a simbiting or whatever, they were ready. That's how good this side was, which is just incredible. Um, I still will always stand by, I think they're the best team to never win a premiership. It's crazy. Um, They lost four games that year. They won 20. They had two draws back in the days before Golden Point, obviously. So, just on paper, uh, the Melbourne Storm, probably their record's a little bit better this year, but I think this year was a bit of a landslide season, realistically. Uh, Parramatta, back then, to think about the points they scored that year, they scored 800... And 39 points. The next best was 639 by the Joey-led, Immortal-led Newcastle Knights, featuring guys like Matt Gidley, Tama Tahu, like a really handy footy side there. And Parramatta beat them by 200-odd points that season, which it honestly is mind-boggling how many points they managed to score. And this isn't in the era of the current one we're seeing, where there's being 40 points scored every week, Teams are scoring 40 points nowadays when they're not even playing well. Back then, it was a completely different game, which is really scary. Uh, the Melbourne Storm, just trying to get up their points differential for this year to see how many points they scored. Their points differential was just under 500. So, Parramatta really blew that out of the park, you know, which is incredible. Um, for me... I would have this Melbourne Storm team right up there, but I don't think they get in front of the Parramatta Eels team. Uh, The Parramatta Eels team also went to a grand final. They also scored like 28 or something points, just going to get the score up. Now, they scored a heap of points in that 2001 NRL grand final. The only thing standing between them and a trophy was, of course... John's, the eighth immortal. So, for them to go so far into that Premiership season, to score so many points, to make it all the way to the Grand Final, to score 24 points and still lose. Yes, they were all in the second half, or the majority of them were in the second half, I understand that. All in the second half, sorry. Um, pretty crazy. To win the second half 24-6 and to still lose a Grand Final is just unbelievable. So, I think I would still have to have the Parramatta Eels of 2001 as the best team to never win a Premiership, but... The Melbourne Storm of 2021, they are not far off, mate. So, very unfortunate year for you, Matty. As you know, I was confident as all hell you were going to lift a trophy this year. Devastating for you, mate, not to be able to go back-to-back, but still leaves the fire in the belly for Craig Bellamy that he can still achieve that back-to-back later on. So, might see him stay around for a little bit longer. We'll see how it plays. out. Yeah, great question though. Uh, next one from Brant Luss. Should the Bulldogs look at Hodgson from the Raiders? I think they should. Yeah, um, you have a look at their side at the moment. Uh, Jeremy Marshall King's there. They've let Katoa go. They've just signed young Josh Cook from the South Sydney Rabbitohs. I think Josh Cook's going to be a really, really gifted player, really talented guy. Really good fella as well, but he is a few years away. You have got beyond. Odo, who I think looks great at hooker. I don't know if he's ever going to be an 80-minute hooker. I think he might be a bench hooker. Um, and a lot of Canterbury people tell me he's a halfback, not a hooker, which I sort of find hard to believe based on what I've seen. But a lot of those guys know their rugby league and have seen a lot more of him than me. So sort of leaves you with Jeremy Marshall King, who I thought improved out of sight last year. But I think this is the sort of team that you need to get someone in that spine that is a true leader, that can handle big stages. At the moment... You've got Kyle Flanagan or Jake Avarillo. Neither has really lit the world alight. Both very talented. Neither has really l- lit the world alight, though. 5-8, you've got Matty Burton, who's been a star player in a star-studded club. Yeah, he's been great at centre. He's been good at 5-8, no doubt about it. But he's also been really good at 5-8 when he's got champions all around him in that Penrith Panthers team. So it's going to be very different in this Canterbury side. I don't think you can rely on him to be the match winner week in, week out. Then you've got Dufty at fullback, who... His high-end ability is unbelievable. Week to week, you cannot rely on Matt Dufty every week. I think a guy like Josh Hodgson coming to Canterbury would be unreal. Josh Hodgson, uh, he has got... Uh, tendencies in him to be a little bit of a hero, play a little bit of selfish football, but he's good enough to be able to play selfish football, Josh Hodgson. Uh, they've got a really strong forward pack there at Canterbury that I really like. They've got a lot of strike backs now too, but the forward pack is really solid. I think a guy like Josh Hodgson would be unreal and I think the problem at the Canberra for the last two years has been the emergence of Tom Starling. Josh Hodgson is a footballer for Josh Hodgson, which as I said, he is good enough to be. Yeah, that's not a negative on him, but I think if Josh Hodgson is your nine he's got to be the hooker he's got to be the main man yeah that's when the Camber Raiders played their absolute best footy uh, when we thought the Camber Raiders couldn't get by without Josh Hodgson if I was Canterbury, I would definitely be looking at Josh Hodgson. He's obviously not happy up down there at Canterbury. From what I've seen, there's been a lot of movement there. A lot of the Pommy fellas have been leaving. If they were to get their hands on him, I would almost consider making him captain as soon as he walked in the door or co-captain with Josh Jackson. I wouldn't take it Josh Jackson there. Sorry, no doubt about that. But co-captain, and I would hand him the keys to this team. At every side, you need a guy in 9, 7, or six that holds the keys to the football team or one, if your fullback is good enough for me, there's no one in the nine, seven, six or one that is probably ready to hold the keys for Canterbury. If Josh Hodgson walks in tomorrow, he's your guy straight away. So definitely one that I would consider 100%. I think a lot of clubs should be looking at Josh Hodgson, including the Gold Coast Titans. They're another one that I think would be a really good fit at. Last question is from Clint. Matt Clint says, will Stephen Crichton go back into the centers or is he too good on the wing? Um, If you would have said this to me yesterday, I'm probably leaning towards him staying on the wing, but with Paul Momorowski leaving, um, someone's got to go into center. I think it will be Stephen Crichton. Uh, I think I'd want him close to the ball. I'd be letting him roam around a little bit more. I wouldn't be playing him in a structured position like center or wing where he has to stay in that corridor. I'd be letting this guy explore a little bit. Uh, You've obviously got Dylan Edwards, who's a sensational fullback, but he doesn't really have that high attacking upside like a Stephen Crichton does. So I'd definitely be switching them over a little bit during in the game. Dylan Edwards, he could handle himself out there in bits and pieces, but not even so much to switch them around. I would just be giving Stephen Crichton a license to roam. We know that the Penrith Panthers, their strong edge is the left side. If you're playing Crichton at right center, I would be allowing him to show up wherever he wants. When they do tend to go down that left edge, Dylan Edwards doesn't tend to chime in. They tend to play shape with Jerome Luai getting it off Nathan Cleary and then they they mix up what they throw at you off the back of Vili Army Kicker and Matt Burton the way that they deflect in and out of their attacking plays. Obviously, Matt Burton's gone now. So, Stephen Crichton, he could potentially slip into left center. They have got Taylor May there and a couple of young guys that I've seen in New South Wales Cup play on the left side that have been really, really destructive. So, there's going to be a lot of competitions for a lot of positions there. But, Stephen Crichton, before Matty Burton moved in there last year, you've got to remember the year before that in 2020, he absolutely brained it at left center. So, that would also make sense. If he's not at left center, if he does end up at right center, I would definitely give him a like to roam around. Even if he's playing left-centre, I'd let him show up through the middle occasionally and just, just play footy. I've always said, and i said from day one, I've always copped it a little bit, that he reminds me of a young GI, Israel Flau. that there are things that he can do that other players simply can't. In the final series, he came up with two match-winning plays, one in the semi-final against the Parramatta Eels. Will Smith threw it over his head. It was a try for all money. Not only did he stop the ball getting over his head, he managed to regather it whilst he was horizontal in the air. Then he hit the ground where the vast majority of the time players knock on that impact of hitting the ground. He managed to hold on to that one. I thought that was the match-winning play for them in that game. Fast forward three weeks later, he takes the intercept off Cody Walker in the grand final. So Stephen Crichton, he's one of those guys, he can just do things that others can't. He's really starting to find his feet in first grade and he's definitely a guy that I would be having as close to the ball as I possibly can. It's scary to think the impact that that grand final is going to have on him him and his confidence moving forward thanks for those three questions legends thoroughly appreciate it we'll have more of this content coming over the next few days hold up